matches off in style. A magnificent strike into the crowd. India lift the World Cup after 28 years. It's gone! It's four more! Oh, this is magnificent stuff. David Hooks, he's mastered. Five fours on the trot. And he's got... Uh... It's a wonderful innings we've just seen. Two knocks in the row. Of the highest quality, Hello listeners and fellow cricket freaks. Welcome to the second pod from One Bat, Two Balls. Your go-to cricket hangout to listen to us speak with legends, players, journalists, authors, fans and the like. As always, this is your friendly neighbourhood host, Keerthi G. And I hope to take you through another riveting conversation. So let's go, shall we? Our guest for today doesn't need too much of an introduction, folks, apart from the fact that he's called Rob Moody, also known as Rob E. Linda. For those cricket fans who still don't know who he is, well, God bless you guys, all right? The Don Bradman of Cricket Match Archival, Rob started his career in 1982, and he kind of went from strength to strength, you know? He has about 70,000 hours of recorded cricket footage, and just have a look at these numbers. 300 videotapes, 25,000 DVDs, 60 hard drives, holding a 100 terabyte of cricket data. Wow. (laughs) You know, pushing on from his VHS tape and DVD days, Rob went on to run a super successful YouTube channel that I had the pleasure of discovering in 2009. And, you know, it had all this fantastic footage available for absolutely free. I don't know if that ain't selfless, then I surely don't know what is. The channel, the channel ran for about 14 years um, with some obvious copyright hiccups. He gave us cricket fans around the world their own free-to-air cricket Netflix. You know, if you if you know what I mean. Unfortunately, there's this party pooper hiding around the corner, and in November last year, some random entity went ahead with a copyright strike and terminated uh, Rob's channel. Post this really stupid move, there's been an outpour of support for Rob from all around the cricketing world, including us on Twitter, where we felt really bad that, you know, Rob uh, didn't have his channel anymore. And, uh, you know, there have been taglines like save Rob, etc. You can follow him on Twitter. It's now known as X. His handle is available in the show's description. Uh, We're going to use this pod to dive into Rob's world, talk about how and why he started this hobby his journey of 30 plus years, anecdotes, and what next for this selfless legend. So, Rob, welcome to One Bat, Two Balls, man. I'm KG, the host. I've just used uh, KG so it's easier for everyone to not freak out if they look at my, you know, really long name. And uh, I know you're currently traveling, you're in between gigs and stuff, but, you know, we're kind of chuffed you're with us today. So, how are you doing? I'm doing great, sir. Thank you for having me. That was a pretty much an insane introduction. <laughs> I was thinking, wow, is that all the things that I've done? That's a lot. I'm like, that's a lot of footage. Do I have that footage? I do have that footage. It's a bit strange, but I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. So we just want to talk about how you came about doing this. I'm not going to go into like detail or anything. So just just in general, you know, we're curious, man. A lot of us here on Twitter do this as a hobby, you know, remembering stuff that happened in 94 in a test match and stuff. So it's really awesome to see people actually go ahead and do this. So I'm setting some context. 
watching cricket videos is the easy part you know but actually recording and uploading the stuff is no mean feat uh, most of the time footage is the sole property of cricket boards broadcasters etc so it has a lot of legal uh, you know implications that may arise but not everything and anything is available on demand that's where passionate individuals like you come to the rescue man in 2009 i was going through youtube and i saw this channel and i was like it has every video you want to watch from the 90s i mean it, that became the go to thing in the morning you know check youtube to see what because that was when i was discovering all the stuff you had i i just spent about two weeks and i'm like man i'm going to look at this all the time so you know <laughs> you you you're like you're a special motivation for us and you know that's what makes today's pod special the opportunity to speak with an unselfish super fan you just wanted us to look at videos etc because i've read from your some of your interviews and some of the pods you gave that you know there wasn't too much of a monetary benefit so tell us rob when did all this start did you always like recording stuff or did it just happen one random evening so what's the deal <laughs> yeah well it's a, a long time ago obviously but it goes back to the the home movie boom of the early 80s which was mm-hmm. a something that was definitely an american thing uh and england and definitely australia not that i knew at the time because i was just a kid um i was only five so but uh, kids of my generation certainly in australia we we know vhs tapes <laughs> that was <laughs> imagine recording something off tv and getting to watch it after it was it seems just it it actually seems easier then than what it is now to do that because everything is on demand it's actually difficult to record something that's actually on tv uh, which is very bizarre that that's <laughs> the case but um in 82 all you had to have was a blank tape and we recorded everything my dad recorded just old movies and cartoons i was a kid after all so mm-hmm. heaps of cartoons and mm-hmm. uh, music videos because MTV started in 82 so we had access to video clips which was bizarre and then of course cricket so in Australia everyone loves Australian football and cricket I hate football it's the worst <laughs> you I mean football like understand. you mean football like soccer or football no in Australia it's Australian football so oh, okay okay know. okay awesome okay all right yeah 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 okay yeah anyway it sucks um but that's okay because cricket's great <laughs> and uh but yeah so back then like any kid you're trying to figure out how the cricket world works you know there's a season what do you mean there's no cricket in the winter <laughs> <laughs> so how am i supposed to watch cricket in the winter if it's not on tv i got to watch the old tapes that i've recorded over the summer so then i got each summer, I realized there was a small window where I had to go nuts and record it all. Otherwise, what would I watch in the winter? So, yeah, that was all the 80s and then the 90s. <laughs> so did you, did you like, obviously, recording all this stuff, you need a lot of physical space, right, to keep all the tapes. And did you have like a yeah. garage or something you kept this stuff in? or <laughs> No my family weren't especially well off so any pocket money i got any odd job that i did i washed cars in the street 
knocking on people's doors, all just to get VHS tapes for the shops. They were probably two dollars <laughs> a tape. Okay. Uh, and then I just had to figure out how to get the whole cricket season onto however many tapes. So it became really difficult in terms of the storage. Didn't really become an issue until until the end of the eighties because I kept going between recording the entire day's play of a test match and and just recording the highlights. I realized if I record the highlights, that saves on tape storage, but then not everything is included in the highlights. So I was like, man, I've got to get more money. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, yeah. So when I was 10, 11 or something, you just tried to get any job you could get, delivering papers, retrieving golf balls from a golf course, washing people's cars, selling junk at a local market, anything (laughs) you could do to get the dollar. And, uh, yeah, eventually it became insane with the amount of tapes. But that happened to coincide with the start of DVD recording. Yeah. That's where I was coming to next. You know, the 80s ended and the 90s started with CDs, VCDs, and, you know, DVDs and all this stuff. So did you start, like, a conversion process? Like, I'm going to move everything to, like, you know, this new stuff? Yeah, it was a two-year conversion process where I I didn't quite realize how long it would take initially. But once I once I started, I thought, "Oh shit, this is going to take <laughs> this is going to take a decade." How am I going to do this? <laughs> so the obvious choice was just to go insane, and uh, I bought like I don't know ten recorders. Wow. And, uh, and just had them all going like 24 hours a day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, and eventually I got through it. Took took about two years. And uh, yeah, it's disappointing that I, I got rid of the tapes, I think, at this point, because they were the most reliable format. Oh. DVDs are not reliable, <laughs> to say, <laughs> put it mildly. They're horrendous. So, and hard drives are just as bad. So, uh, but unfortunately, the VHS tapes couldn't keep being the the main medium to use for recording because the digital age came, right? So, with TV, um, so had to use DVDs to record the new stuff, and that was a problem because they're not reliable. Um, these days, everything goes straight to straight to hard drives in the cloud, so it's a little bit easier these days, but. Uh, it's not a hundred percent reliable yet. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. You know, the fact that those physical tapes are in front of us, it kind of like gives us old school guys. We feel a little more comfortable. You know, the digital in this this age, it just disappears, and you're kind of like, is it there? Is it not there? You know, that's always at the yeah. back of your mind. So, what did you do? Did you keep all those old tapes, or did you? Did you just jump them? I I didn't throw them out. I, I sort of gave them away to other collectors that I know who were keen to take some. Nice. Obviously, there was too many. There was too many. Um, mm-hmm. I probably did throw a few out that I realised that that I thought were getting pretty old, like things from nineteen eighty four and five. They're old, old tapes, <laughs> and they weren't the best quality tapes. I couldn't afford to buy the absolute high-grade tapes. So the really cheap $1 and $2 tapes, 
Uh, and I, I would even go to like junk shops and buy secondhand tapes because people oh. would give junk shops old videotapes. So I'd get a box of 20 videotapes for 50 cents. <laughs> and But they'd be, they'd be all junk quality. Um, so I wouldn't trust them to house cricket footage that might not ever be seen again. That would be, yeah. And that happened to a, a few times where I'd, I'd record a day's play and then the tape would break. A, a bad quality tape, but uh, yeah, the, the same thing happened with DVDs. There, there were all these horrendously cheap 50 packs of DVD, uh, recordable DVDs in the early 2000s that were just unbelievably terrible. Just worse than terrible. They'd, sometimes the entire spindle of 50 wouldn't even work at all. Yes, yes. And, oh, man. They flooded, so that was, that, they flooded the market, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. so that actually, yeah. that actually makes me upset. <laughs> now, thinking about the pain of, of, those, of those bad DVDs. Oh, my God, it was terrible. It was absolutely man, terrible. <laughs> man, I, thanks, thanks again. <laughs> We 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 like all of us thanking you from the bottom of our hearts for you to actually go and record all this stuff because I mean you I know a lot of people say your recordings are like really cool and all that but some of the captions you write below are pretty funny man like trashed his bowling or you know smashed out of the attack it's kind of fun to watch those little clips especially for me. <laughs> I, I started off in the 90s, you know, 92 was my first cricketing memory when I saw the World Cup in Australia. And I was like, okay. And that's when TV started coming to India and stuff. But, yeah. you know, here's, here's a question based on the fact that, you know, they shut down your channel for whatever reasons. Forget, forget, we're not going to go into those reasons. But, you know, should legal copyright issues, in your opinion... Should there be cease to be a thing after this period of time? Like, I mean, 20 years ago, this match was played. I mean, how much attention is it going to command on TV? Is it going? It's not like live coverage, no? So, why don't you let people just yeah. go and watch those videos? I mean, yeah, it's in, it's obviously insane, but uh, it's, I guess, you know, some somewhere like YouTube is it in enormous amount of videos and not just youtube i mean the internet archive got I mean, they get in trouble all the time and it's all very old stuff that you just can't get anywhere that is and it's always personal collections of vhs tapes that they put up there i remember last year they put up i don't know maybe a hundred hours of the very first mtv broadcast in america you're mm -hmm. not going to get that anywhere in the universe but someone put it up Wow. There's no different to cricket, yet they got sued and had to take it all down. What purpose would it like seriously? That's just I mean dumb. it's like, game it's game eight of the WSC between Pakistan and Sri Lanka in 1987. Okay, let's watch. Why are you preventing us from watching that? I mean, <laughs> I mean no one's got the rights anyway. Now who cares? So um, but yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, I through the time I had my channel, I had many great interactions and communication with cricket boards where we talked about 
sometimes face to face with uh, with uh, what was off limits, what was not. It was all pretty obvious. They just said, just stick to old stuff. We don't care. And that was across the board. But over the years, slowly, slowly, they're inching backwards and backwards and backwards in, in terms of the years which are not allowable for uploading to the point where none of it is. So uh, literally no video is safe. I, I feel on I feel on Twitter since Elon's taken over, it's a, it. Well, I I used to get a, a lot of trouble on Twitter, mm-hmm. so I I was shut down for almost all of last year. I was suspended because I I had to go to copyright school. <laughs> I thought you you are kidding. Oh man! <laughs> I thought I thought you know what, get lost. Um, but since he's taken over, that's uh, and I'll upload it again. It seems like the whole free speech thing. He's in. He's pretty cool with so. But I can only assume that the process then isn't so retarded as it is on YouTube, where no one even needs to claim to prove ownership to shut it down. There's no, there's no process where you get to have your say. <laughs> it's just you get shut down. Bad luck. Yeah, so, it's yeah, it's terrible. So, um, but that's been happening for the entirety of YouTube's existence, where. Anyone can shut anyone's channel down. I mean, you you know... Dumb. Super dumb. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. At the end of the day, I mean, it's just kids watching how people played fast bowling in the 80s. What's the big deal? Let them watch. Let them look at this stuff. Look, Let them look at stuff from eras bygone where people shook hands after a cricket match. You know, you should get people to like... Look at different eras. You flood them with one era and you kind of like forget what happened earlier. So, you know, I hope sense prevails and people uh, realize that, you know, this is actually something that can really help uh, rather than, you know, be a problem. So let's hope for the best. What do you do apart from cricket, man? I have read that you play a lot of gigs. You're based in Melbourne, right? Correct. Yeah, I've been a professional musician my whole adult life. So uh, I'm always either, either teaching or traveling and playing shows. So I play guitar and saxophone. Wow. Um, I've always I've always uh, had my own bands, and uh, the last few years I've moved into into management and uh, being a tour manager of all the okay. shows. Okay. And that's nice. what I'm currently doing. As well as playing in the shows, so it's a lot of work. But um, uh, but yeah, they, these are things that have happened out of necessity since the COVID years of twenty one and twenty two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, twenty and twenty one, um, where everything changed in a, a lot of different areas in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I do full time. Um, I'm I'm from Melbourne, but I'm in Queensland at the moment, doing a run of shows since New Year's Eve. Um, in northern Queensland, it's unbelievably hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. it's like eighty-two percent humidity this morning. <laughs> I'm actually soaking wet <laughs> right now. I just got off stage and came upstairs into air conditioning uh, in our band room. <laughs> Socks are wet. <laughs> it's so hot. I Great. know. I, I know. love the heat. So bring it on. I love it. But it's yeah. It's uh, it's just funny because Melbourne's just so. So cold, 
Hey, but then again, the Sydney test was <laughs> was cold today and no play for a long time. I think they. I think it was raining, <laughs> raining today or something in uh, Sydney. Oh, well, maybe the rain will save South Africa today. Maybe you can watch that <laughs> match. It probably you better switch on the TV because it might get over in about an hour. So <laughs> probably, probably I'll go around the corner and take a dump, and that'll all be over. <laughs> that was, that was I saw that commentary. I saw that that Ravi Shastri commentary. That was hilarious. That was I was dying. I was that dying. was hilarious. I was dying. Nice, yeah, nice to funny. nice to know that you. <laughs> Nice to know that you do something <laughs> other than engineering and you know the regular stuff, man. Like playing in a band and stuff. So it's really, really nice to know that you, you know, now a tour manager and stuff. Who's your favorite band? Favorite band. So well, this is like when people ask who my favorite batsman is or uh, who my favorite cricketer is. Um, mm. There's just too many. There's yeah, just yeah. too many. So uh, you know, ACDC. I mean, I'm not a huge ACDC no? fan. Okay. Uh, you know, my, my main show that I do is in In Excess. I love them. Uh, I love them. Tribute. They're a good band. So that's what, that's what I just did today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great. Um, but, yeah, it's the same as cricketers. People say, who's your favorite cricketer? I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, Kim Hughes in the early days in the 80s, you know, was he Matt Graham by the mid-80s when he came out here for the 85 World Championship of Cricket. Chris Tricant in the same tournament was just Awesome. I'm like, who's this guy? Not wearing a helmet, you know, sniffing between balls, you know, and then just <laughs> thonking balls everywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, you obviously gravitate towards those players still because they're so unique in how they approach the game, getting paid hardly anything, um, and yet giving a lifetime of memories, you know. I mean, you still watch those matches and you think, man, that was it was great, you know. It was Rackham getting five wickets in, against Australia at the MCG in '85? It's like, who is this guy? He's like 18. Man, it's like this guy. This guy's going to terrorize us if he stays fit, and he did. <laughs> Man, talking talking about Wasim Akram, you posted a video in 1989 where he was bowling. I I don't know how many times I've seen that video. You know, he goes over the wicket, he goes around the wicket, he bowls bouncers, he bowls yorkers, he bowls everything, man. It's one of the greatest spells. And, you know, because we grew up with World Series cricket in the 90s here in India when the TV audience opened up and stuff, we're big fans of Bill Laurie. I mean, every (laughs) Bill Laurie piece is like, is, is just... It's one of the best, uh, you know, persons He's to the ever best. He, <laughs> have he a commentary well, well, what's funny is that Bill lives near me in Melbourne. So I often uh, bump into him at the supermarket. Wow. And it's really funny because um, uh, once I, I saw him down there, I was like, no way that is Bill Laurie. You are kidding. And I thought, oh, man. Uh, I didn't say anything to him because I was like, I was too freaked out. So, but then I thought, you know what? I've got to have some Bill Laurie footage on my phone, ready to go. So next time I see him, I can, I can actually show him his batting. Like a week later, no joke. I bump into him. I walk out of the supermarket and he walks in. I'm like, this is the moment. 
So I'm like, oh, g'day, Bill, you know, check out this batsman, you know. And it was him. Uh, it was 1964, 1965, 66 Ashes in Australia. Okay. And he started commentating on the footage. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're wow. standing outside the door of the door to the supermarket and he's commentating and he's going he's going you know you know great shot you know poor bowl I can't bowl you know and it was in England and uh, and then his wife came up to us and he goes oh he goes oh, oh love this guy's got footage of me batting <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes you must be more boring than he is <laughs> <laughs> What a fantastic story! The he, I died laughing. Wow, wow. What a what a lucky! I never forget, <laughs> I never forget actually, it. You actually met Bill there. <laughs> really, really nice. So funny. Really nice. Uh, <laughs> do you do you like have a favorite era? You know, there've been some great players gracing the game, but. Was there one era that you wish continued on forever? You know, maybe like the West Indies or maybe all conquering Australia, you know, in the 90s, uh, towards the end of the 90s and stuff. Yeah. Is there somebody I you mean, like love? Yeah. Yeah, well, the era when obviously the West Indies came to an end and it needed to come to an end because it was brutal for everyone. Um, imagine not losing a test series for 15 years. That's an in- <laughs> that's someone's entire childhood. And early adulthood. I mean, imagine like growing up like I did, where you never thought they could even be beaten ever. And so that was really awesome when, when Australia finally beat them, and then everyone else did after that. Um, only because the assembly line of unbelievably fast bowlers came to an end, and you can't re- replicate a top six that has Desmond Haynes, Greenwich, Bib Richards, you know, Clive Lloyd, these guys. That it just couldn't continue. But when Australia beat them, they still weren't an amazing team. They just beat it, they they just beat a slightly aging team and new players coming in who weren't as good, like Sherwin Campbell and Stuart Williams and these mm-hmm. sort of guys. But when the Australian team got their act together and all of a sudden Gilchrist comes in. <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, uh, I mean, we saw him on TV in the early 90s as a domestic player and everyone was like, how this guy keeps as well? I mean, his striking <laughs> is unbelievable. How can you get him in? But Ian Healy just kept churning out hundreds, being reliable. When he finally came in and his impact was instantaneous. Instantaneous. You thought this guy is, how can he fail? He looks so good. You know, come in, comes in at seven and not just makes runs when the team is four for 400. He's making hundreds when the score is five for 80. And that hundred in Mumbai in 2001, you just thought, what are we seeing? <laughs> He's walking out on a rank turner and just obliterates the bowlers. You just thought, oh, my God, this guy. And then he goes to England, first test in the Ashes in 2001, 152. You thought, we're seeing it. We're seeing this guy where it doesn't even matter if your whole top order fails, he's got your back. And that is rarely seen ever, certainly not before that and rarely after that, where someone can consistently average 50, which he did for most of his career, 
mm-hmm. towards the end, it dropped dropped down a bit for the for the majority of his eight or nine years. He was averaging fifty at number seven, which is just unbelievable. He actually so that particular era was great. He made him. In fact, Gilchrist made his debut in India in '96 during a Titan Cup tournament, South Africa, Australia, and India. Correct. And he did. We, we didn't hear much about him after that. But then in '99, I think Australia went to New Zealand to play a one-day series or something, and he opened the Correct. batting or something there. I don't remember. Yeah. And that's when he exploded. And I remember watching him. Smash South Africa all over the park. I think he scored 204 or something. And oh man, he was something else. <laughs> I think one of the he is the greatest ever wicketkeeper batsman that I've seen. I've seen. Well, he's yeah, me too. So and he always kept. So there's no like there's no fudging the numbers, like you know, someone like Sengakawa, who is obviously great. Um, but uh, he always kept. Never opened, batted a three a couple of times, but never on a consistent basis. Just Steve Wall was pretty random sometimes with his uh, with his batting order when he felt like it. Um, but yeah, that that era, um, and even when Brett Lee came in, uh, you know, everyone loves speed, right? No matter what country you're from, no one will turn down a guy born 150k. So uh, Brett, Brett Lee and Gilchrist in the same summer coming in in 99-2000 in, in test cricket was pretty awesome um, because you had a you had a whole host of bowlers who were fast in that time. Shobakhtar was fast and these guys weren't slowing down and bowling and bowling uh, swing to you know extend their careers. They were there to bowl fast. So yeah, I, I feel like that era was, uh, was a bit of a turning point um, uh, prior to the T20 revolution. Uh, so yeah, I don't think we'll see that sort of thing again. Yeah, let's. There was a lot of memories from the nineties watching uh, Brett Lee. You know, ninety nine when India went there, Australia used them as a punching bag for the three three test series, and you know Brett Lee made his debut, and it was it was. I don't know if that'll ever be back with all the power hitting, like you said, T twenty cricket and all that yeah. coming. We don't know if we're going to see a proper contest between bat and ball going forward, you know, something that lasts for five days. Like a test match is like a story. It's like a movie. It just moves, you know, from here to there. So let's hope that, that you know, we manage to save test cricket because a lot of countries don't seem to want to play it. So let's let's hope for the best. Yeah. Definitely hope for the best. <laughs> awesome. So last question, Rob. I know you're in the middle of a vacation. You're, you know, traveling around, uh, flying to... You drove to Queensland? Uh, that's a little bit hard. So for those who don't know, Victoria is a long way away. So okay. from okay. Queensland. Okay. So it's a... Yeah, where, where we are, it was a four and a half hour flight from oh. Victoria. That's pretty long. Melbourne up to northern Queensland. So we're almost gone from the bottom of Australia mm-hmm. on the east coast all the way right to the top of Queensland. Wow. <laughs> where I am. Oh, so, so you've gone to the way. north. That's like really yes. far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so even from the Gabba, it's another two-hour flight okay. north okay. from there. So it's a long way up. So, yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. So finally, 
what next for you man they've shut down the youtube channel you know you want to try and maybe get back on the horse and try and put these out there or is it like are you taking a break for now and saying you know let let this let this just be there so no youtube for us for some time yeah well i definitely not and what's even the point um you want to have the freedom to upload the videos that I want and in the manner that I want that I want to do, which I was doing for, for the most part. I, mean, I was I was working within a very selected, you know, boundary of what was acceptable for the different copyright holders. But ultimately, I think it's pretty much impossible. Um, so uh, I'll upload videos on Twitter when I feel like it. But again, that's restricted unless you pay. $30 a month, you can't upload long mm -hmm. videos. So I'm not mm -hmm. going to do that. That's just a waste of money. Um, so it's disappointing, but uh, um, uh, we'll see what happens. You never know what, what, what might happen. But I think YouTube's a waste of time at this point. Um, it, if I got shut down after a, a year or two, then I probably would have tried again, but up to 14 years. <laughs> Yeah, and the videos are still out there. People have downloaded them in the evening, so people re-upload them. But um, they what they can't download is all of my funny captions and um, and all my descriptions, which was funny. Yes, so yes. that that that's gone. So uh, uh, yeah, it, yeah, and sometimes it's working within the selected framework of of uh, and a particular decade or series you had to spice things up a bit to get to get you know p people to watch it but uh, um the footage itself is always still good but uh, um everyone likes to have a laugh as well so you know um that's one of my other specialties <laughs> absolutely absolutely we should we should do another we should do another pod where we just go around you know, trying and remembering some of those captions you had and, you know, just go down memory lane or something. But uh, thanks. Thanks again, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time out from your, you know, uh, music schedule and all this traveling and stuff. But lovely to have you. Lovely to actually speak to you and kind of like understand, you know, it's not a bot that's doing all these things, but it's an actual guy. Yeah. He's called Rob and he lives My in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my absolute pleasure I always love to talk cricket I'll talk cricket with anyone and uh, anyone of my vintage we all know the golden eras of the 80s and, and 90s is, is it will be forever talked about you know uh, um, the current players you know uh, remember the 90s and 2000s you know so that's what they grew up with what watching, you know, Dave Warner and Kawaja, you know, 36, 37 years old, you know, they remember the cricket from, you know, 25 years ago, uh, which is just the 90s. Um, and, uh, yeah, we all like we all like to think about how, how great that era was. Uh, and uh, it's a shame that we can't watch all the matches that we want to from that era when we want to. If there was a cricket Netflix, that would be – Definitely taking my money for sure. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Rob. Take care. And uh, we will meet on Twitter, obviously, but 
we would love to have you on again maybe down the road but thanks again and have a good night my pleasure sir thank you thank you so that's that for the second episode from one bat two balls thank you for joining to listen to us talk about this beautiful game and we look forward to your continued patronage for our next pod adios amigos